1907, Amy Archer and her then-husband James moved to the town of Windsor, Connecticut and purchased a home at 37 Prospect Street, known as the Carlton Homestead. They opened a home for the elderly and began taking boarders. Word traveled fast about Sister Amy's nurturing tonics and nutritious meals, and demand for her personal care rose rapidly. That was until word got out about the deaths of over 60 of her patients between 1907 and 1917, including five of her husbands, all of whom had named her in their wills right before their untimely deaths. The police launched an investigation into the strange occurrences at the house, and by the time it was over, authorities found that Amy was adding arsenic to her recipes, leading them to believe she was responsible for at least 48 of the deaths in her home. What was behind Amy Archer's murderous spree? Betches Media presents Not Another True Crime Podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Welcome back, everyone. It is a fun Thursday day recording, but it feels like Friday. <laughs> Okay, thank you for addressing that because I feel yeah. like when the second we logged onto Zoom, I thought I was a human, but I'm like, am I drunk? And I'm like, no, but no. something's in the air. I'm going to forget to work tomorrow. But oh, anyway, that. welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. You guys know the deal. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. We're your partners in wine, crime, and time. And we got a doozy for your ears this week. Yeah, this is like, I hate saying it's a fun one because a lot of poor, vulnerable people were murdered, but like, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. It also is a thing, kind of just obviously you guys can put together a few uh, details of it from the intro. It's something that I guess happens so much more frequently than I ever thought after I saw that movie, I Care A Lot on Netflix. Oh, I was yeah. Like, I was like, I had this to turn is a- that off. I was like too disturbed. I got 10 minutes in and was upset. It was a lot. Yeah. But I was like, what is this like weird thing she's doing? I'm like, oh, this is like a thing people do. Yeah. Like <laughs> elder abuse scams are really. God. Rampant. Um, Shouts out to Jen Shaw because (laughs) she allegedly was running this telemarketing scheme and a lot of it was a lot of the victims were elderly people. So, I mean, that's what she gets for smelling like hospital, I guess you could say. (laughs) Yeah, now she's going to smell like prison. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah. But so today we're going to be talking about the murder spree of Amy Duggan Archer Gilligan. She has three last names. They're all hyphenated. I'm just calling her Amy. Also, I love to three last names. Not because she's like Beyonce, Giselle knows Carter. It's like, no, because she has a lot of husbands that mysteriously die and she gets in their wills. And also, I do want to shout out. I found out about this case because every day is food day podcast. Have me on theirs. I think the episode will be out by this time. They're super fun. Check out my episode with them all about poisons. Love that. Yeah. I also love this lady's like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt vibes. <laughs> it's too much. You're Amy. That's it. Amy Arsenic. Amy Arsenic. Yes. Well, this this lovely woman was born in 1868. Also, got to say, big shouts out to the Windsor, Connecticut Historical Society. They had a very, very thorough like web page on this entire spree. I got to say shout out to because I feel like there's an, you don't hear a lot going on in Windsor. So I feel like yeah. this is they probably were like, this is our moment. This is our tri- I mean, prime yeah. moment. It's like, what else do you have in your town besides this murder spree that inspired a Broadway play? Yeah. Like You got the gifting tables a few miles over. But besides that, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but not home to Windsor. So shouts out to them again, the historians. Um, so that's where we're getting a lot of this info. But as always, our sources are in the episode notes. In any case. 
Amy, our girl, was born in 1868 to James and Mary Kennedy Duggan in Milton, Connecticut. So she like started off with too many names. Too many names. And can I say too many rich names? Like I'm getting a Kennedy and a Duggan, not Duggar, which we could maybe get into in a different episode, but Duggan. I'm like, whoo, that is wealth. Yes. So true. Yeah. Well, we might have to talk about the Duggars on another episode. God damn it. Probably. But actually probably not because like I'll vomit. It's just too disgusting. So Amy was one of 10 children and she was the eighth child, which is like a lot (laughs) of kids. And so now, according to a book called Chronicles of Milton, colon, Village Left Behind by Time, Amy's sister was disabled because she either jumped or fell from a second story window. And then also two of her siblings suffered from mental illness and would later become residents at the Connecticut General Hospital for the Insane, which I guess then is interesting how she kind of then turns around and takes advantage of elderly people. Mm hmm. So Amy married James Archer in 1896, according to some reports, according to our favorite people at the Windsor Historical Society that they said 1897. So I don't know, give or take a year, the give late take 90s, year. you know. Yeah. And also it's like, give or take an end this anniversary because there's some other anniversary she's got going that's, on. So. Yeah, that's very true. Then after they got married, they had a daughter together. Her name was Mary. Classic. So then and th- this is where things get going. I feel like this is where Amy sort of found her grift. <laughs> So I don't know how this came to be. Danny, maybe, you know, I don't I think it was because they like this because it was a new thing then, like taking care Mm -hmm. of elderly people, because it was the first time to a lot of times during this era that like not cities were like expanding so much, but like it was a lot of times where people were like, oh, I'm not just working at the local mom and pop shop. It's like I'm going away to work or I'm traveling more. or I'm moving from home a little bit more than usual. So then there were a lot of older people around that used to just be able to like live with their kids until they died or like had like an aunt or something like that nearby them. But this was like kind of a new thing in the beginning of the 1900s where like a lot of old people were left in towns without their family or without Mm -hmm. anybody they knew. Yeah. So then in 1901, a widower named John Seymour hired Amy and James to be his living caretakers. And they basically cared for him in exchange for room and board. So, I mean, I don't know how they got linked up with him specifically, but yeah, I do remember reading that there was like a big hole to fill in this market right around this time. I know. And it's so interesting because I mean, I guess it was one of those things too that I always, because obviously we grew up, I was like nursing homes and homes like that were just a given, but like there had to be a time when that wasn't a thing. And also it probably was such a shock to people's family culture too, because I'm sure that was just like, oh, you don't, you don't, don't live with your, your parents don't live with you until forever. You know what I mean? True. True. So Seymour died in 1904, but then the archers stayed in the house as renters who would then care for elderly boarders. But then in 1907, the Seymour family sold the home. So then the archers moved to Windsor. They opened the Archer home for aged people again in Windsor, Connecticut. I did not know aged people was a term, but okay. I mean, listen, there's a lot of terminology that I was like, um, like the hospital for the insane was not a term I would use, but that was literally what it was called. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, uh, so there, there's a lot of terminology that has not aged. I suppose that's a blanket disclaimer. And yeah, as we, <laughs> that's that's so you learn a lot of facts and not another true crime podcast. Uh, Things yeah. didn't, don't age well. Yeah. Like how not to refer to like an assisted living facility. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So as we mentioned at this time, the like nursing homes, assisted living facilities, like elderly care centers were just not really common. So this was actually kind of revolutionary. And this 
this would be like, oh, shouts out to an entrepreneur if if this wasn't a true crime podcast. Yeah, yeah. It, this is not unfortunately a podcast about girl bosses building their own <laughs> empire. It's about girl bosses no. sometimes, but not uh, and building scam empires, but not this episode. I mean, yes. kind of I mean, she definitely did build a scam murderous empire. So yeah. there's that, I guess. I guess. So Amy and her husband, whose name I already forgot, and that's feminism. Um, they advertise their home in the local papers and boarders could either pay like a weekly fee to live in the home, which would range from seven to $25, or they would pay a lifetime care fee of a thousand dollars, which was a good chunk of change back then, because I'll explain in two seconds. So it seemed like a good idea. And I guess it was. But they quickly started to run into some problems because even though like regulatory agencies weren't really a thing for, you know, an elderly boarding home back then, the archers did still get in legal trouble. In 1909, they got sued by the McClintock family and they were sued over lack of care given to one of their family members. The archers ended up settling with the McClintocks for $5,000, which today, or actually in 2018, was about $133,000. So, Damn. you know, maybe up up it a little bit for inflation now, but like that was a lot of money. So charging a $1,000 for lifetime care is like you're definitely getting a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And then, then this is where things start to get... Suspicious, I would well, say. Some eye, some eye raises, eyebrow raises. Some like, yes. oh, hmm. Some of the different emojis you don't always use. Yes, a big hmm. So in 1910, James died of kidney failure, and Amy was a little bit in trouble because Mary, her daughter, was 12 at the time. Uh, Mary went to this like performing arts kind of music school, and tuition was $410 a year plus a $50 annual fee. So again, this is like thousands of dollars. Also, Amy owed back taxes. So well. the lady was in some, I know, just like any real housewife, right? She would have she would have been on a housewife franchise if this was present. Oh yeah. Yeah. Honestly, why isn't there real housewives of Connecticut? It would be so understated and waspy. Like that it could be really, kind of fun. Really would, yeah. Maybe that's okay. just arrested development. I don't know. <laughs> also true. Um, And here's some interesting context, too, because Amy kind of tried to like petition to just get her back taxes, I don't know, waived or excused or even just get a better deadline. But at this time, the town was expanding really rapidly. So they ended up doubling the budget in 1911, which meant increased taxes. So she was kind of like shit out of luck. Also, really, you got you have to hands off our confidence, just like petitioning, like, guys, who thinks I shouldn't pay my taxes? Can we, she's right. like, can we all come in an agreement? Well, I know y'all I don't did. Think she was like, <laughs> like having people sign a no, petition. Yeah. But yeah, she was definitely like writing letters to whoever the tax people were. I don't think it was the IRS because that seems like way too informal. But I exactly. think it was like whoever she paid the city taxes to to just be like, hey, can you like give me a little break? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Which, like, should I try that? I, hey, you miss 100% of the taxes you don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. But also, it's interesting at this point was because, like, I feel like Amy was known for being very charitable and, like, spending money. She would go to church regularly. She donated a stained glass window to the church, which seems expensive. Expensive and elegance. And elegant. So, I mean, the people of the town really liked her. And maybe this is part of why she was able to like get away with it for so long was because half of the people were like, 
yeah, this lady bought a lot of arsenic. And then the <laughs> other half were like, Amy, she would never. Ames? You're talking about Ames? Like, you Ames. know, you're going to have that. Yeah. <laughs> Not Ames. So, I mean, how did she get so rich? Well, I don't know. Maybe because in order to get into her home, she would have men sign over their life insurance policies or give her $1,000 when they checked in. And then everything was going cool, except that neighbors started noticing she was buying alarmingly high amounts of arsenic. I'm sorry. Isn't any amount of arsenic purchasing kind That's of alarming? That's what I'm thinking. But in <laughs> this time, I feel like it was used for medical reasons because um, oh, she bought it at like a drugstore. And she claimed that it was like a rat problem. Okay. I don't think rats get into Connecticut, but okay, Ames. Yeah, right. They're like legally stopped at the border yeah. <laughs> of Connecticut. <laughs> so so some suspicious things going on, but but nothing too nothing too crazy yet. So then in 1913, Amy married Michael Gilligan. And this is a fun fact because she lied about her age on the wedding license application to make herself like younger. Shout out. You know, I actually find no fault with that, girl. Do your thing. Right. Do your thing, get the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Who amongst us is not, you know? Yeah. But then Michael mysteriously died three months later at 56 years old. Well, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where things start to get iffy because you know who you don't want to piss off? The family. Never the family. Nope. Because they get greedy for some things too. And get they also get suspicious over their uh, loved one dying. <laughs> it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a bad double. Exactly. Crime. Especially if you're going to off your husband, like after he signs over his assets to you, I think you should wait longer than three months. It, yeah. <laughs> Just a tip. Because basically after uh, Michael died, his family found out that he had a new will that left his wife over $4,000, which was his entire estate, which, as oh. we mentioned, is like a little over 100 grand. So, you know, man, the man was balling. Good job. Shout out. So the family is fucking pissed when they found this out. <laughs> I would. Yeah. You'd be a little pissed. Be like, OK, three months in, you get the entire estate. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very like knives out vibes. I feel like <laughs> oh, the sweaters. Yes. And then Michael's death certificate listed the cause of death as a valvular heart disease with the secondary cause being acute bile attack. Bilious attack. Bilious, but I think Um, it means relating to bile, which I don't know what that means, but like I'm going to just guess like I do in our trivia and say it has something to do with like your stomach. Yeah, I was going to say that like poisonous bile, Mm -hmm. but it's like cute. Like, you know, but what I mean? make it cute. Yeah, because it's a cute. So it's like, hi. And like, it didn't know it was poisonous. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I totally ruined your body. I'm so, so that's on me. Like, it's the girl who spills the wine on the rug. But it's like, I'll buy, I'll get you a new one. But it's like, honey, I don't know where this rug is from. I don't know who you are. The rug is done. Except in this time, it was someone. Like, you were a friend's friend. Like, uh. it's always those motherfuckers who insist on red wine. And I mean, I love myself some red wine, but not on my rug. No, no. Top, top five worst places to have my wine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, so, so her husband mysteriously dies. She ends up with his whole estate. But the thing is that Michael wasn't the only one dying because the residents at the facility kept dying too. Between 1907 and 1916, 60 residents died at the home and 48 of those were in the last five years. So between 1911 and 1916. So like, that's not, that's not a good track record. 
48 people in five years. That's not good. That is a lot of, there's no inflation with that. That is just purely the same amount of people present day. And that's too many. Yeah. Way too many. One of these uh, deaths in particular caught some attention and caught some interest. So this was Franklin Andrews. Franklin was only 60. He was a young man and somewhat disabled, but would still do yard work, chores, errands, all that stuff for Amy. So like, obviously you had like, was able to do manual labor and things like that. So like the man was doing fine, maybe a little old by 1911 standards or whenever this 1914 standards, but like he was fine by all accounts. Yeah, hey, more active than me. Uh, I'm not doing no yard work. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> true. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I would be able to do that. I take out the trash and I'm like, that's that's it. It's too much. Uh, he was close to his family and would write them letters often, which is sweet. But something he would mention in these letters uh, were the frequent deaths that occurred in Oops. this house it's like home hey i guess i wouldn't i mean it's one of those things i guess if i got that letter i would just be like oh that's sad i guess it is a house where there's a lot of like maybe like sick people living but now looking through this i would i be more like on alert like what's going on in this house like the second i got this letter i, don't know. I mean i think by the 48th death you're like yeah. all right something is something weird is going on here like we should figure this out we should check on something so one day in 1914 he was working around the house painting doing his thing when he collapsed and later died, and the cause of death was listed as a gastric ulcer. Interesting. Interessante. His sister went through his things and found a $500 loan to Amy, and also she found out that Amy was apparently pressing Franklin for money. So they're trying to for some cash from him. Yeah, she was like, bitch, better have my money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't call Franklin a bitch, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the sister alerted the authorities and the Hartford Courant, Current. And uh, the Which DA, was a newspaper. It was a newspaper. Does. Yeah, not, not like a fun... does sound like a coffee shop, though. It low-key does. Yeah, it's just like Courant. Luke Danes. Ooh, Courant. Can I have that? Hartford Courant. Uh, so not <laughs> shockingly, the DA... DGAF uh, about this. <laughs> they were just like, okay, lady. But the they were just part- like, Meh, they're yeah. old. People are dying. Like they just didn't care. They were like, you want us to do what? Your our job? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is like a common refrain on this podcast. <laughs> Truly, just like no one wanting to do their job. Yeah. But you know who did want to do their job? The Hartford Courant. Oh yeah. Journalism for the win. Journalism for the win. Local journalism. Shout out. Yes, I mean, you got to support local journalists. This podcast really is a big advocate for local journalism. It's true. They, I, I trust their sources like more because I, I don't know, just for like the local crimes that we cover. I definitely trust the local news. Yeah. And also it's like you don't want to like they actually know like the ins and out of places and can like be like, why yeah. this is suspicious besides like being some like head honcho reporter. So disconnected from everything. Being like this is something happening. You know what I mean? So shout out to them. Totally. Uh, so they started investigating and they found some weird things. 48 of the six deaths that happened between 1911 and 1916. So that is 40, like that is a lot of deaths between this five year period. And this was coincidentally a period of time in which Amy was having notably, particularly, uh, Mm. interesting money troubles. Interesting. Interesting. This girl's a little tight for cash, uh, these five years. Also, a strange coincidence in the deaths. They were sudden deaths caused by stomach problems. And let me tell you, I get a lot of late night Uber Eats when I'm drunk. 
the stomach problems mm-hmm. don't cause you death. They cause you some, a lot of other things, but this was very interesting to note of all these people. Yep. Then the reporters visited the drugstore. Like, this is why I love local reporters. They're going to the drugstore yeah. to check the records for arsenic purchases, which also makes me laugh that like, this is like how different like the 1910s were just like, oh, yeah. can I see uh, who's been buying arsenic? And everyone's like, oh, okay. Like you have that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's literally, full on, literally it's a wonderful the neighbors life were like, Hmm, that's maybe a lot of arsenic. And the other half was like, she just has a rat problem. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, it's got a rat problem. You're like, yeah, what's going like, on here? This is how everyone talks, I imagine, back oh. then. Maybe that's the 40s. I don't know. Well, when we did the Natalie Wood case, I feel like that we talked about that, how like the accent shifted. I'm like, what are this? What is this like interesting American yes. accent that is no longer? No, they all had this. I looked it up afterwards. And unfortunately, I did not retain a single information. But it was <laughs> like it was a distinct thing. Like it was a distinct way of speaking that. I don't know. They they like spoke for various reasons, and I think it had to do with like the way that sound would transmit. Huh. But That's I could cool. be wrong, and someone might feel free to correct me. But it was yeah. like it wasn't just like a weird thing. It was a concerted effort thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay, you know what else was interesting? What? Uh, that Amy purchased ten ounces of arsenic right before Franklin Andrews' death, which is enough arsenic to kill over one hundred people. Okay, that is so much. How can like, you buy that much? I mean, like... Why would you buy that much? Like, she's stockpiling for her next hundred murders. Like, she just ran out. She only got five ounces before, and she killed 50 people, so now she needs more. Like, That's my thing. And also, shout out to anyone dealing with allergy season right now, because you'll relate to this. Why must I, when I go to Walgreens, like, read my, like do a whole song and dance, literally, two-act play to get some Sudafed? Oh, yeah. I mean, the government is tracking my Sudafed purchases. And sometimes I get bad colds or like sinus infections where I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to end up on the FBI watch list for meth because I just keep buying a pack of Sudafed like every week. No, same. And I'm just like, it's sorry, it's good. I'm not. Uh, trust me, I'm not using this for anything else besides to make my eyes stop being itchy. You do not have to worry about yeah. that. <laughs> if I like knew how to make meth, like I wouldn't be dressed like this. Like I'd be rich, probably. <laughs> yeah, true. I know you're right. I would. I would have like like I don't know a burn on my hand because I'm bad with beakers. Someone did set my oh, hair yes. on fire once in a middle school science class. Wow, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> wow, thank God. I only like a little bit of it, but still, oh, it smells so bad. Um, <laughs> so the evidence got the state police to finally investigate. There we go. Journalism win. Several bodies were exhumed and Franklin Andrews' stomach was said to have contained enough arsenic to kill half a dozen strong men. (laughs) That was like the, I think that was the testimony that someone said in court where they're like, hmm, enough to kill half a dozen strong men and maybe two dozen weak men. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, wait, that would make offend me so much. They'd be like, I'd be like, how much arsenic? They're like, that's more than enough to kill you, Danny, you weak bitch. And I'd be like, stop it. I gotta start working out so the arsenic has to work harder to kill me. I guess, I mean, hey guys, this is a motivation to get some hot girl summer going on, even though hot girl summer, everyone's hot girl summering. So like, shout out. (laughs) Yes, outlift the poison and then just like outrun murderers. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a lot of wins. I mean, honestly, Meg the Stallion loves anime. I don't know if any, and horror. So she could actually do a whole hot girl summer movie like that. I could see that. I could really see her do that. Oh, I could see it would be cool if like, you know how Get Out took I Got Five on it and made it really fucking creepy. Oh, yeah. Like if they somehow do that with like Savage. Oh. Or I could see a really creepy horror movie remake of like Body. It's like Hannibal. It's like Hannibal Lecter. I'm eating Body. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> like something to that effect. 
right. Also, I think I, I said get out, but the movie was us. Anyway. Uh, but it was us. Just want to fact check myself. So don't rent. DM me because I know I fucked up. She knows. <laughs> uh, and who also was found out to fucked up, Amy, <laughs> who was arrested <laughs> May 8th. That's like, so, that's this weekend. Oh my God. Weird. The anniversary. Okay. Wow. May 8th, 1916. Um, for all the Yankee fans, they know 1918 was the last time the Red Sox won the World Series until I think a few years ago, too. Good so, for you. I, I would never remember that. Uh, so the day after her arrest, the Current's front page headline was Police Believe Archer Home for Aged a Murder Factory. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I feel like headlines have not changed. Oh, it's not. It's been 100 at- years, 105 oh. years. I will say writing a good headline is a skill that it, it really it does not get enough accolades. It is definitely one of the harder parts of my job. It's hard. Yeah. And it's so, cause it makes or break if someone's going to read something. Oh yeah, totally. But we love, we love murder factory. Just that phrase. Oh, it's so good. Not the fact that it was one. So the trial began in June, 1917 and it made headlines across the country. It was a big deal, you know, as, as any murder factory tends to be. So this is a part that I think is kind of funny because at the state, so Amy killed like probably 48 people, like in the ballpark of 50 people, but rounding up. Yeah. We're just rounding up. Um, But at the discretion of the state attorney, she was actually only tried for one murder. I guess because she was like a 40 year old woman and they were like, ah, she's harmless. Just don't look at that pile of bodies. Like Exactly. Hey, look at these bodies. And I think it was hard too that like the only one they could fully tie her to was the one, but it's yeah. still, it's also like, honey, we got the receipts. Right. That's what I always say too, when it's like, there's like a serial killer and they only go to jail for like one person. And we're like, but I mean, as least I'm going to jail, but yeah. Totally. No, totally. You're like, but what about all the other people that he definitely killed? But so Amy was initially found guilty. She was sentenced to be hanged, but then, and I don't know really how, um, but her conviction actually ended up getting reversed on a technicality after she appealed it. So went better than her uh, not wanting to pay her back taxes. Right. (laughs) That's so true. I mean, the woman can appeal. Let's say (laughs) Hey, they don't call her Amy appeal for nothing. Tune from Amy (laughs) Osnick's Amy appeal. (laughs) So, but then there was a second trial. It took place in 1919. Amy pleaded guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to life imprisonment. Mm. Then she was later certified as insane. And so she was moved to a, the state mental hospital in Middletown where she lived out her remaining years. She died there in 1962 at age 89. Lived a little life. Yeah. So some people like say some people think that she didn't do this. Um, They say that all the evidence against her was circumstantial. Maybe she really did buy arsenic because of the rat problem. Um, An interesting fact though, is that um, between about the Civil War to around 1910, arsenic was actually used for embalming. So it's possible mm. that that explains how they found arsenic when um, they had these people's bodies exhumed. That is okay. That is it is an interesting moment. Would the bodies be in them then for embalming? I guess so. Would the arsenic be in their bodies? I think you have to do stuff with people's organs. To oh, I guess that makes them. sense. Yeah, but also 46 people and also all her husbands. <laughs> That's the thing where I'm just like, I don't buy it, but like, I guess it's interesting if you want to be like an Amy Gilligan, Duggan, whatever the fuck truther. If you want to like Joni Mitchell's look at both sides now, 
whole situation. <laughs> if you don't know that song, I swear you do. From yes. uh, not the holiday, love actually, but also I just know it because I love Joni Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> another silver lining I don't, yes. in 1917, the same year, the first trial, the Connecticut state legislature introduced a bill requiring elderly care facilities to be licensed, inspected, and report their deaths annually to the state board of charities. So uh, these homes can't have 40 people dying and just go under the radar. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like one of my favorite ask Reddit threads is when they ask like, what random rule did they make at your high school because of you? (laughs) And this is that, but like on a state level. Anna, yeah, like uh, you can't you can't skip lunch, and also uh, you need to report the deaths in your elderly home. Yeah, (laughs) it'll be like, well, we had to make a rule for no chickens in the hallway because like my senior year prank or whatever. Like, (laughs) I'm so not a prank person. No, I I've I, never participated in a prank. No, I, I'm like I guess when April Fools like dumb shit. I like not even. I'm just like guys. Who has the time? Aren't we all tired? Don't we get pranked by life every damn day? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I'm also not a good liar, so I don't have like the mm, that's the disposition to that's really fair. pull it off. Uh, well, you know what? Someone pulled off after reading about this Amy case. Oh yes. Arsenic and old lace <laughs> in the 1930s, a man. By, so if you do want, uh, if you want more of Amy, if you seek Amy, as Brittany would say, uh, in the 1930s, a man by the name of Joseph Kesserling, we'll go with that, who read about Amy's case when he was a kid, decided to write a fall on fucking play. The name of the play was Arsenic and Old Lace. Like, I feel like I've heard of that. I don't know. Have you? It sounds it. I, I'm going to nod and say, yeah, oh, I don't know. I thought you were into perhaps plays i mean i don't know how i mean there was a a broadway revival i don't know i I don't really know plays i'm more of a musical person okay Okay. if there was a song if she was like luck be an old lace tonight like maybe i would do it yeah (laughs) if she was like they had it coming yeah (laughs) they should actually have put her in chicago (laughs) they should have oh my god oh So he went to Connecticut to study court records and speak to the people involved. It was a story of Amy, but with a fun few twists, because this man is making a Broadway play. Instead of Amy, it was two Brooklyn spinsters. Okay, looking. It's going to be us. Like (laughs) I'm like, okay, we're Danny and Sarah. No, Abby and Martha Brewster. Love it. Love it. I kind of like the idea of it being like two people doing this together. They would kill elderly men. I love a Thelma and Louise situation. fun. They'd kill elderly men by giving them elderberry wine. That's an emotional. That sounds good. I don't know what it is, but like I'm down. Well, I've had elderberry like in uh, Pim's cups. I don't know if I've ever had as well. Oh, yes. Spiked with arsenic and they'd bury the bodies in the cellar. That elderberry wine has some funk to it then if it's next (laughs) to a lot of buried bodies. Uh, The play debuted in 1941 on Broadway and remained for three years, which is a feat. Pretty good. Yeah, three years. Hey, I want to say longer than SpongeBob the Musical. I guess that was because of COVID, but... Hey, shut up. <laughs> uh, there was also a movie starring Cary Grant. Ooh, love Cary Grant as Mortimer, not Tinsley, but one of the nephews. Uh, I would not be surprised if Tinsley was somehow involved with this. No shade. To this girl's very rich. That's true. And they even had a revival in 1986. Huh. So, all right. Who, who, who knew? God, good on, good on Joseph, I guess. Joseph yeah. and the Technicolor arsenic, yeah. Wait, so I'm curious, did you know more about like how she actually poisoned the people like aside from just arsenic? So she, well, I think it was a lot of like what they would do is when they would bring the arsenic, it would be like mixed into all the food and stuff like that. That Ew. was what the alleged 
happened was. And then also, I'm she not would worried just, about this dead lady suing me. No, I'm not exactly, saying that. Also true. <laughs> and I know there was also a thing when we were on the talking on the other pod, they talked about it just like she would like leave the arsenic like in rooms and out and about. Cause I guess inhaling it like that. Also, I guess it is kind of how that works. Like, oh, it would just be like super overtime of it. But it's also kind of like not impressive, but I'm shocked she didn't end up poisoning herself ever. I know. I feel like I would fuck that up. I would be like, I'd be making the jello with the arsenic and I'd be like, fuck, now I really want jello. <laughs> and I'd be like, which cup? <laughs> good right? luck cup. Like, It'd be uh... the good luck cup. I'd have to see which one I would have that would not uh, kill me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like that TikTok where it's like my first day as a hitman, and the guy like <laughs> drops something into the water and then mixes it with his finger and then tastes it and then falls <laughs> to the floor. It's so good. Wait, that is so funny. I haven't seen that. TikTok still remains the purest app on this goddamn planet. It's so good. I'm so happy. <laughs> you know what's more fun than TikTok? Jorge's games. Jorge's games. Yes. Watch, he's like, uh, I sent you guys two coffees. One of yours has the arsenic in it. That's the game. <laughs> <laughs> One of you has five minutes to make it to the hospital. Oh, my God. I actually am close to a hospital because I would go there to get COVID tested so I can make it. Negative test, Danny? Yes, all negative. Nice. God, oh God, I would just, I would not be doing it. I would, I would not have the energy to do a podcast. But I would be, I don't even know what I'd be doing. I'd just be spiraling out of control. Guys, I have COVID. I can't do work for the next three years. <laughs> yeah, I hope you know, I, an email like that would be sent for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so today we're doing something a little different. We've been doing a lot of competitive games, but last week it was so nice when we were all winners. Aww. And today we're going to play a Would You Rather, kind of a Ooh, chill, that's fun. fun. Would you rather all based around living arrangements and uh, where you're living to pay homage to this crime? All right. First up, would you rather your landlord be a murderous nun with about a 1% chance of killing you while you live there? So only 1%. Okay. Or a way too chatty old lady who knocks on your door twice a day to make sure you're okay and calls you if you're not home just in case and brings you baked goods which are terrible but she insists that you eat them in front of her and she constantly asks you to come over for tea (laughs) it's like would i rather be killed by a nun or killed with kindness (laughs) (laughs) it's only one percent chance though one percent chance I gotta say, I had a neighbor once who was not super chatty, but she was an older woman, never gave us uh, like baked goods, but would just smoke outside of our stoop and like blast SVU at all hours. And I loved her and I love chatting with her. <laughs> I would invite myself over to try to hang out with her and she'd be like, I'm busy painting. So I'd go with the second one. <laughs> I know that sounds fun. I'm also like, I'm, mm, I don't know. I just, as a Jew, I just have to be very mindful of murderous <laughs> People of other <laughs> murderous clergy, let's say, let's say that's true. Like, <laughs> oh, so I'll deal with the annoying lady, and yeah, let's let's do that. All right. Maybe if she wasn't a nun. <laughs> well, also the thing is, like, if I eat shitty cookies all the time, I would just my body would start to hate cookies. So then I would like maybe curb my sweet tooth. So I'm really thinking long game. Oh, that that's true. That is a good long game. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, it's summer's coming. Could you tell I ordered clothes that don't fit? <laughs> True. <laughs> That's a different spiral. All right. Next up, would you rather live in a tiny shoebox sized apartment in the West Village that's only about a five minute walk from work? Or is that a self roast? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> an amazing five bedroom house with a hot tub and backyard, but it's in Yonkers. Ugh. Oh, actually, I just watched a vlog. <laughs> <laughs> of this girl it's um cnn unlocked or cnbc unlocked something like that this girl talking about getting her dream apartment in yonkers it looks so cute sold me on it i'll go there because i want a hot tub but it's uh, in yonkers it's so nah. far i don't know see people it. you know what i mean also i mean, <laughs> at that point i'm just like no i'm okay you know i do love the west village damn that's fair I- i'll go with the west village i'm not you know i gotta be in the city Location, location, location. Yeah, at least for now. I think if it was a place that I could get to easily, like on the path or the subway, I'd be more inclined. But how do you even get to Yonkers? I think like the Metro North. You just walk for 10 hours to get there? (laughs) 10 hours. (laughs) If I'm eating shitty cookies and walking for 10 hours a day, I will be looking amazing in my hot tub alone. Yeah. (laughs) Danny has it all figured out. Maybe I'm, we're looking at this wrong, Sarah. I'm planning ahead. Oh, but then I can probably get a car then too up there. Yeah, well, that's an added expense. You need to get a car. You need to take it to the mechanic. You got to get it. It's oil fixed or changed or whatever you do with cars. I hope, you know, I did not wreck it. I, did, I forgot that you have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll hold off on a car. All right. Next up, would you rather live in a mice infected apartment oh. or... A roach infected apartment. No, 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 no. Um, oh. Okay, the thing is, like, I feel like as an animal or like a general creature, I'm definitely more afraid of like cockroaches because they're gross. And like mice out of context can be cute, but mice in my apartment are definitely scarier than cockroaches in my apartment. I. I'm also now thinking though, because I feel like it's a thing. A lot of animals that are small, they're always like, they're more afraid of you. So I feel like mice would be afraid of me walking around. I don't think cockroaches give a shit. They don't give a shit. I I don't know. I guess I choose cockroaches. I feel like I've uh, dealt with it before. uh, Whereas mice just seem like, I don't know, like a cockroach, like it's not going to do anything to me. Like mice can bite and like, I I I feel cockroaches can bite. Can't. What they can? I don't think so. Oh, ooh, okay. Oh my god. I'm gonna I have mice. Not. I'll pick mice and then I'll just like leave. I'll like because I'll be in Yonkers with six fucking bedrooms. There we go. One of my bedrooms will just throw cheese in there so they can just have that <laughs> as a fucking place. <laughs> the cheese room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Origin fromage, yeah. If you, you if you it. get a cat. Maybe you can deal with the mice problem. Oh, true. Oh, wait, fuck. You, know? you found a good solution. Cut to me <laughs> get a cat. living alone in Yonkers with six bedrooms and a cat just throwing <laughs> cheese everywhere to get rid of mice. <laughs> I'm like, hey, guys, I love come that for you. Actually, can I tell you something? Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> All right. Would you rather live with a roommate who is an amazing chef and he cooks for you often all these amazing meals, mm. but... He yells at you if you don't do the dishes or if you touch any of his kitchen utensils and he's super like compulsive uh, about the kitchen mm, area uh, okay. or a lazy roommate who's cool, good to hang out with, doesn't do much cleaning around the house. He, he would never buy garbage bags or clean the sink or anything, but he's just kind of there and keeps it himself. I'm going to take the food. I'm going to take the food, too, because I'm like, it's rightfully so that I should 
clean for someone who cooked for me. And yeah, if I'm, fair. if I'm, I don't need to touch their stuff. I don't cook. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's true. But then it's like, spatula. I want to, to make breakfast and do I have to like get all my own utensils? Like that's annoying. Yeah. Mm. Well, daddy's just ordering delivery and, and with his cat and yeah. it's nice. Guys, let me tell you, Yonkers, it all, you can get, you can get a nice food for $5 delivery. I'm sure. So like, I'm actually probably not, but like, I don't need that. Right. And I would hate, oh my God, just like the laziness would like get on me so much after a while. Yeah. I feel like of just like slobberiness. And that's yeah, how you're going to get cockroaches Yeah, I would just be really annoyed mice. to have to yeah. like clean for two people. Ugh. I can probably clean for myself. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. All right. Next up, would you rather be neighbors with a tap dancer oh. who lives above your bedroom oh. who practices Ooh. every day at 5 a.m. like clock? Oh. Or next door neighbors that have very loud karaoke parties every night until the wee hours of the morning. And they're like really, really bad at singing. They're, they're awful. Oh. They can't keep it too. Ugh, I guess I'll take the tap dancer. Cause at least you can try, like I could buy her a rug. I had you can't really dance on a rug. You can't tap dance on a rug. That's that defeats the purpose of the tapping. You can't. That's Bye. why it's called tap dancing. It's not rug dancing. Like, yeah. You gotta have right. the tap. You're right. Yeah, I would do the karaoke because I would join for a while. I would join, make my own cock, give everyone cocktails, get everyone so drunk that they'll just be too tired. They'll Put be like, arsenic I'm done. in the cocktail. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> you got to take the Amy Light route. Make some scissor. Put a little Benny Benadryl in all of it. But I'll be done by 9 p.m. I get a solid shut eye. Obsessed. And I get a few songs in too. It's all it's all a win. I love that. If they get mad at me, I'm like, oh, you guys don't do this with your drinks? Weird. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I missed the memo. Okay. <laughs> you don't party like that? Oh. Yeah. Oh, you guys are wusses? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's end on a high note. Mm. So last up, would you rather live in an idyllic lock cabin with beautiful pond and all manner of berries and fresh vegetables around that you can pick off and eat. At nighttime, you can see the Milky Way. It's super beautiful out there. Or a beautiful beach house in a tropical Ooh. island with fresh coconuts and pineapples, mm. which are perfect for bottomless pina coladas. Oh. I mean, listen, you know who this audience is, aka us. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, I want the beach. Yeah, I love a beach moment. I, I don't even love a beach moment. I love to just like, I love an ocean breeze. Oh. And I'm not going to like, I just know the second I like walk in and eat a blueberry on the grass, I'll be like, okay, end. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't enjoy that. I mean, like it's lost on me. Like it's pretty to drive by, but I just, I, I'm not, I, I don't connect with nature on that level, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like one of my hobbies is just sitting outside in the sun and reading. And that's more conducive to a beach. So. I thought you were going to say sitting outside and drinking. And I'm like, well, exactly, yeah, that. that's why I want to be at the beach. <laughs> both. Why not both, you know? Yeah. Why not both? Yeah, I think I would go with the beach house too. Okay. Especially now that the weather is getting so nice. Like I just want to be outside all the time. God. Truly. Right. Living I out know. there would make my dreams come true. It is Legit. so hard to focus on anything with this weather. I know. So nice. Well, thank you, Jorge. This was Absolutely. really fun. I like that. Yeah, I feel like we got to know Sarah. We didn't we I feel like all three of us kind of disagreed on some things. But, you know, we I know. We I'll overcame at the beach. We overcame at the beach. I know <laughs> Yonkers is a quick commute to a beach, I'm sure. We'll, we'll oh, that's so funny. Well, thank you so much, Jorge. We'll catch you, you next time. Of course. And thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. Give us five stars. We really appreciate it. 
join our uh, Facebook group. It's called Not Another True Crime Group. Just put something about the podcast in the description. We'll let you in. Or I mean the questions. And then also follow us on our new Instagram handle at Not Another True Crime. We've been growing. It's pretty exciting. It's the name. I don't know what's in a name. Maybe they just like people are just uh, pumped about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that. So keep on following us there. Keep on DMing us there. And you could also follow us on our personals. I'm at Cashmere Danny Cashmere with a K. I'm Sarah Lameem. Sarah with no H. God bless. Good for you. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) God bless. Good for you. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.